0: Join us and unwind with a good book. Welcome to Relaxing Reads.
1: Hi, I'm Anne from New Glasgow, Nova Scotia. Hi, it's Deb in Halifax. Hi, it's
0: Simone in Vancouver.
1: This month's Relaxing Read is The Maid by Canadian author Nita Prose. Since her grand died a few months ago, 20-something Molly Gray has been navigating life's complexities all by herself, Her unique character along with her obsessive love of cleaning and proper etiquette make her an ideal fit for her job as hotel maid. She delights in donning her crisp uniform each morning, stocking her cart with miniature soaps and bottles and returning guest rooms at the Regency Grand to a state of perfection. But Molly's orderly life is upended the day she enters the suite of the infamous and wealthy Charles Black, only to find it in a state of disarray and Mr. Black himself dead in his bed. Before she knows what's happening, Molly's unusual demeanor has the police targeting her as their lead suspect. She quickly finds herself caught in a web of deception, one she has no idea how to untangle. Fortunately for Molly, friends she never knew she had unite with her in a search for clues to what really happened to Mr. Black. A clue-like locked room mystery and a heartwarming journey of the spirit, the maid explores what it means to be the same as everyone else, yet entirely different, and reveals that all mysteries can be solved through connection to the human heart. So what a read this month. It's it's such a fun book. What are your thoughts on the book? Simone, we'll start with you.
0: I hadn't heard a lot about this book when it was kind of suggested to the book club. But in the last month or so, it's just been blowing up everywhere. So I was really excited to get into it. And it was good. It was a nice, easy read. I like the books that you can just pick up. You understand everything. You're not Googling words because you're like, what does this mean? So (laughs) it was the perfect read for that. And it was light yet deep. Do you know what that means? Like, you know, do you get that? Mm -hmm. Like it was like you could follow along and the basis of the story where you have like a murder happening. It was not gruesome in any way, but it was descriptive. So I felt like I could keep up with it. And for me, it was a page turner because who doesn't like a good murder mystery where you're like, what's going to happen? There were so many great characters and you just kind of wanted to get to the end to find out what happened, who did it. Give me the information.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. A great whodunit. And Deb, you read this in like a day or two, did you not?
2: I did. I read it in a day and I absolutely loved it. I love hotel life. I Anytime I go to a hotel, I love people watching. I love the buzz, the whole ambiance, especially, you know, older, grander ones, which I imagine this to be, you know, set either. I don't know where it would be set, either in, you know, one of Canada's, older cities or or maybe in Europe. But I was just picturing being there and surrounded by, you know, the characters that we're introduced to, watching, hearing, eavesdropping, as we might do while we're traveling or, or staying in a hotel. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. I love the characters. And I was very anxious to get going. And it didn't take me any time. So I um I give it two thumbs up.
1: Yes, yes, it's one of those books. Once you pick it up, you cannot put it down. And we'll be speaking with the author Nita Prose in just a little bit. And I have heard her interviewed, and people were asking like where Where is this book supposed to take place?" And she leaves it vague on purpose. So interesting that you brought that up, Deb. That, that just caught oh, my attention. Yeah. But. Yeah, yeah. So it could be, could be somewhere in the States, could be in Canada, could be in the UK. Who knows? (laughs) That's the great thing about this book is it's so relatable to anyone, anywhere. So what was one of your favorite Molly moments? I was mentioning Molly. She's the main character and she's, uh, she's such this wonderful character. Simone, I'll go back to you for this one. What is one of your favorite Molly moments from the novel?
0: Well, the whole novel, she basically, you know, it's apparent she's different, and she looks at life differently, and she gets made fun of for having kind of this robotic vibe. But she's just so passionate about what she does, and that is just her. She's a pleasant person. She doesn't want to be mean to people. She just wants to go about her day, do her cleaning. And then she's happy with that. And for me, it was like, you know, there were times she was often picked on or made fun of. And she never really understood why people were laughing at her. And it didn't it bothered her, but she kind of still moved past it. So the moment for me was when they set up that little sting operation where she went to her (laughs) favorite place, the Olive Uh Garden, sat down face to face with Rodney. And she just she was you know, it was a different side of her. She was coming to play. She was getting her breadsticks and her salad. And she was going to do what she was sent there to do and kind of come out of her traditional self to kind of do this and get the job done. And I love that because it was just that moment where you're like, yes, Molly, yes, like, I love this side of you. And you're you're just shining right now. And I love that. I love that part.
1: That's so funny, Simone. I totally picked the same moment. In fact, all of the Olive Garden moments in the book I love. (laughs) And I love that one in particular where she stuck Rodney with the bill at the end. Yeah. Like, yes. yes, and then she yes. got all the food. Because I felt bad for her because there had been a while where she was like, she was thrown in jail and she just didn't get a chance to really eat. So when she got all that food at the Olive Garden, I'm like, finally, she has some food to eat. <laughs> and then Rodney had to pay for it, which was icing on the cake. So, uh, Deb, what about you? What was a favorite moment uh, that Molly had in the novel that really stuck out to you?
2: Do you know what? I think, I mean, I love all all of that, you know, at the Olive Garden. But I think... In her own apartment, where she finally figured out that she was surrounded by some goodness and, um, you know, some love and warmth that she hadn't had since her grand I don't know. It was just something about... All of her friends, which she didn't recognize as friends until the very end, were there with her and, you know, helping her and, and planning how it was all going to unfold. I just, I don't know. I, I felt a sense of of warmth there, and I felt like, oh, they're really there to, to you know, to guide her, to help her, and uh, they're there for the right reasons.
1: And as we've mentioned, this was a really great "Who Done It." So who did you first think was responsible for Mr. Black's death? And Deb, I'll start with you on this one as you just you literally just finished the book. So were you surprised at the end? And did you have any guesses as you were going through the, the novel?
2: I wasn't completely surprised, although that character was, was not my first guess. My first guess was Cheryl. Oh, oh yes. interesting. I, well, I a think terrible because co-worker. She, right, because she was on her all the time, and I thought, what is she doing when she's taking these days off? Is she is she planning? Are, are there things going on in the background? But I also thought, for a moment, maybe Mr. Snow, even though I loved him, I, I thought that, you know... He was very particular um, and meticulous about everything, you know, how everything had to be run. But for a moment, I was just I was back and forth with a few of them. But those were the top two initially.
1: Simone, what about you? Who did you think was responsible for Mr. Black's death?
0: I at first thought it was Giselle. And I was like, you know what? She, she had something to do with this. It's a, you know, a typical, like married to a rich guy, gives him a bunch of pills and something happens (laughs) and she gets the money. And that's what I thought in the beginning. And then after near the end, I really, there was a moment. I thought it was Molly because when she said, I looked over and I saw a shadow and I was like, Oh my gosh, she has a different side to her personality. She looked and she Uh saw herself. And then the storyline with her grandma and what happened there i was like it's her how did i not know this and and she's been lying to everyone so i was truly shocked to find out um how it all unraveled in the end because i was completely lost there for a while as to who did it
1: yeah and didn't you find we kept getting sort of to the end of the book and then something else happened and something it was all was piling on there at the end and it was surprising it was like oh my goodness, I didn't see this coming. I kept going back from Giselle, because I watch a lot of datelines, so it's usually the husband <laughs> or the wife. Uh, so I was going back and forth from Giselle, and then I'm like, well, no, maybe it's Rodney. No, wait, maybe it's Giselle again. Maybe it's Rodney. So I'm usually pretty good with a who done it, but I must say I was completely surprised at the end. And we'll leave that, just in case some of our listeners haven't got to the end of the book yet. I, I was completely shocked. I, I must say I did not see that coming at all. So um, I do love this question though who was your favorite side character and why so simone what
0: would you say to this one I really liked Mr. Preston, the doormat. Oh, I just thought yeah. he was so pleasant. And you know, he was always there to greet Molly or anybody with a smile on his face. He was there to help her and protect her. You know, she didn't have her grandma. It was interesting that he had some kind of that, that relationship nope. with grandma that Is we he later her found her grandfather? Out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I was trying to sort out. Of. I'm like, wait a I was oh, thinking, like, maybe. Her
1: grandfather? And then, I just, I, that was sort of left open-ended there, I thought. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought sure. that
0: too, because then I'm like, is that her aunt who's her lawyer now? Like it was just, yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. So I really liked him and when you talked about Where did this take place? It almost seemed like even for a timeline, like the way that some of them spoke and how kind they were, you don't often see people like that anymore that are just so friendly and, you know, like the character of Molly. And I just I mean, the Rodneys and the Gisellas are more, you know, the modern people in this world. But I just thought, (laughs) is this coming from like a different time? These people are so wonderful. Is this set in the 60s or something? Because he was just he was wonderful, I thought. And yeah. what
1: about you, Deb?
0: He was—he was my favorite side character as well.
2: I I, I I really did love him. He was so fatherly and kind-hearted. Just so much goodness oozing out of him, and—and and yeah. you could tell that he was genuine about how much he cared for her, and you know some of the others, and—and and, you know a few that he knew their true colors. Um, yeah, I just it, there was just something so lovely about him. He was a good egg.
1: He was a good egg. Yes, he was. Yes. You know what? And I love Mr. Preston, but I have to say I really liked... Giselle her back and forth with Molly always felt really like honest even if she wasn't being completely honest the entire time um she seemed to have a genuine affection for Molly and you could tell like she wanted to help her and that she really appreciated their friendship And, and I did like how that sort of all played out right to the end and I didn't know and I thought I sort of got the feeling that Giselle was using Molly the same way Rodney was but I I think that that sort of uh, that did fix itself in the end where we saw that no that wasn't the case at all and anyway she was just she was just a really quirky cool character and uh, certainly she could have her own book I'm sure. What did you think about the ending overall and what do you think is next for Molly and Simone we'll go back to you on this one.
0: Well I was surprised like we find out who actually committed the murder and we find out Molly kind of kept a bit of a secret when it came to that and wasn't so honest. Again, very unlike her typical prim, proper character and what Gran would have thought was acceptable. So that really threw me for a twist that she kind of had that moment with the with the killer and decided to kind of not bring it up <laughs> in the yeah. courtroom. So that was um, that was kind of interesting that that happened in the end. And Molly has so much to explore and learn. A lot of it just reminded me of, you know, when you think of like the 40-year-old virgin, it's just like I feel like she's still so young and so innocent. She has so much of life to learn and explore. And I, I really hope that is kind of her next path and her next journey that she gets to maybe go spend some time in Mexico with her man. Juan Manuel, Manuel. Yeah. like, yeah, I hope she gets to go and meet his family and they get to have this future. And she, I, you know, it's nice to know that she's not lonely anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. I imagine them getting married and starting a family where she had such a wonderful relationship with her grand, I could see her yeah. carrying that on with a child, honestly. Like, I could see them and, you know, it was such a, a nice, happy ending for them. And they were living together and splitting the rent, which was great because Molly was struggling. And then, of course, she came into that extra Money at the end too, which was exciting for her and uh, well timed because she certainly was in need of it. Uh, Deb, what yeah. about you? What do you think of the overall ending and what's next for Molly?
2: Yeah, I, I you know what, I love the, the the love part of it that she has somebody that that really truly cares for her, and and again going back to, you know, maybe not feeling that. Um, that kind of love or support since her grand, And uh, I love this little relationship and hoping that it does go, you know, a little further and a little more serious. And perhaps they do get married and have a family and she connects with his his family. Um, But also her new job, you know, her new role um, Mm. in her workplace, because she certainly deserved that position. And I'm interested to see how that maybe unfolds and what else is coming beyond that. And I think also there's more to learn about, you know, the characters that we're just starting to get to know, including Mr. Preston, you know, will, will that come out that maybe, yeah, he truly is her grandfather.
1: It wrapped up nicely, but it still left things open enough that you you can imagine the different things that would happen for her. And I always think of her and Juan as well, happy doing jigsaw puzzles together. Because she was so excited. yes. <laughs> Do you I like love jigsaw that. puzzles? I know. <laughs> yes. At the at the yeah. Olive
0: Garden in a booth, just at you know, like Garden. sitting there.
1: Oh, I love it! I love it. For the record, I have never been to an Olive Garden, but now I'm going to make it a point to go to Olive Garden at some point in my life. We don't have. I don't think. There's not one in Halifax as far as I know. No, we certainly no. don't have one I've, here. So, Come I've to Vancouver.
0: A, you can come to come okay. to the one here.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just want but the all-you-can-eat, like breadsticks oh, and salad. That's what I it. was it drooling tasty. when
2: they were describing that. I'm like, oh,
1: yeah, that would be good right
2: now. Yeah. So good.
1: Yeah. Well, as you can tell, this book was certainly filled with lots to chat about, and we have more to chat about with author now, Nita Prose.
0: Hello. Hi, Nita. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I've also have got Anne from New Glasgow here and Deb from Halifax. I'm from Vancouver. So it's the three of us who will be chatting with you today. Fantastic. Hi,
1: Nita. Hi there. Hi, Nita. This is Anne. How are you today? I'm good, Anne. How are you? Good, thank you. Busy, busy, I'm sure. You've got a lot on the go. <laughs> a lot on the go, indeed. I'm sure yeah. you do, too. <laughs> the maid became a New York Times and Canadian bestseller just a few weeks after its January release. Nita, could you have anticipated its popularity when you first came up with the idea? And P.S., I love the story about how you came up with the idea for, a maid, for the maid. So perhaps you can share a bit about how the idea came to you and just tell us what what it's been like since the book has been released
3: sure absolutely well no there is no way i could have predicted this outcome that is for sure um well th- the book came to me really like a bolt out of the blue uh i work in editing i'm an editor uh and it wasn't like i dreamed of writing a debut novel but in 2019 i was actually at the london book fair and you know i was staying in a london area hotel And I stepped out for a meeting, went back to my hotel room, opened the door, and I completely startled the roommate who was cleaning it. And I remember her jumping back into a shadowy corner. And, you know, this is truly the embarrassing part. She had in her hands my track pants, which, like a fool, I had left, uh, you know, in a tangled mess on my bed. (laughs) And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, my goodness, it is such an intimate An invisible job to be a roommate. You know, she'd been cleaning my room day after day. So she knew so much about me, but I didn't know much about her at all. And so it was one of those funny little instances that sort of sticks in your mind. And then you replay it later. And um, a few days later, I happened to be on my plane ride home. And that's when I started to hear Molly, my protagonist from the maid, I I started to hear her voice. And I grabbed a napkin from under my drink And I started to write this voice, which turned out to be the prologue for The Maid. And even then, I wasn't entirely sure, but that is the moment that I started my debut novel.
1: Isn't that something? And then, okay, so the novel comes out, and I believe it was picked up by GMA, Good Morning America, as their January selection for their book club?
3: Yes, it was.
1: Yes, it was. Okay, so so that that happens, and then... uh, There's going to be a big screen adaptation of it as well. Is there anything you can tell us about that to date?
3: Well, I can tell you a little bit. So Universal Pictures has optioned the film, and Florence Pugh, who, of course, is the Academy Award nominee for Little Women, has been in Black Widow and so many other incredible films. She is set to star as Molly the Maid, and she's also executive producing, as am I. And I, you know, if the book's, um, you know, success wasn't good enough, let me just say that that is a completely pinch-me experience to uh, have Universal Pictures and Florence view on board for the film so you know things are moving along i can't say too much more about that but let me just say i'm so excited to see it come to the big screen
1: well congratulations loved loved the book, loved the maid oh, and it was a treat my. to read it was a page turner and uh, certainly for our Relaxing Reads podcast, we had no shortage of things to talk about so you've given us given us lots to, uh, to review and, and talk about with the book, so thank you so much for writing it and we look forward to seeing the movie, but we're just getting started, I'll hand things over to Simone now I know she has a couple of questions for you, Nita
0: Nita, love the book and it's so true what you just mentioned, when there's that part of the book where Molly's kind of says she knows everything about us the the medications we're taking the makeup we're using the clothes we're wearing and you never think about that you just kind of leave your room when you're on vacation and you come back and it's magically clean but it's like actually like someone's gone through all of your personal belongings every day right If somebody did that in our workplace, for instance, we'd be very
3: freaked out. But we somehow love that illusion in a hotel, don't we?
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, were there any authors or books that served as guideposts or inspiration for this cozy mystery?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there are a few things in sort of the mood, the mental mood board that I keep in my mind. And the first is, you know, all of the nods to Agatha Christie, the great master of mystery herself, and apart from that, I don't know if you've ever seen the great film Knives Out, but there was a bit of that sort of humor and the whodunit aspects that certainly inspired me. And then last but not least, um, you know, the board game Clue from our childhood?
0: Yes. That, yeah.
3: that was also a source of inspiration. So in some ways, I wanted the reader to go through the whodunit experience asking themselves questions. You know, is it the bartender in the restaurant with a rope? Or is it the maid with a pillow in the bedroom? And, of course, I'm not going to answer that. That is for the reader to discover. Um, But, you know, there's a certain sense of playfulness and a mood about this mystery that maybe is a little bit different. And it's also, um, you know, a journey of the heart as well as a murder mystery. It is a mystery that can only be solved through connection to community and to hope.
0: I love that. And it was so nice to see that connection and community when everyone came together. And it was those people who really, who really, truly understood Molly that were there to help her. And it's so true when you say it's like Clue, but I was so off. Earlier, the three of us discussed um, who we thought did it before the end. And yeah, I was completely lost. So I would have been lost there. (laughs) But I love that. That's the that's what makes it such a page turner. Um, And on your end, what are some books that you've enjoyed lately uh, for yourself? What are you Reading these days?
3: Well, I don't know if any of um, the listeners out there have not yet read The Push by Ashley O'Drain, but I raise her because she's a great Canadian writer, and her debut, The Push, was just extraordinary. It is not a mystery so much as a thriller, but it digs deep into what it means to be a mother and what it means to be a daughter. And what can go wrong with that bond? Um, and I think it's an exquisite read. So um that's one that I've been talking a lot about lately. And another one by Amy McCullough, uh, a book called Breathless, which is coming out later this year. Uh, and it's a great thriller as well set on a, a, a mountain climb up a, a mountain, that's say Mount Everest like and strange things are happening on this mountain and people are disappearing and it's got that uh, wonderful and then there were none sort of vibe about it and oh. a unique setting which makes it chilling and cold and fascinating.
0: Well, we'll look forward to that one. We actually read uh, The Push by Ashley. That was last year, um, and our book club loved that one, too. So that's a great suggestion as well. Isn't it extraordinary? Yes. Well, thank you, Nita. I will pass you now over to Deb for her final questions.
2: I, too, Nita, am a big fan, and I went through your book in a day. Loved it. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Deb. That is so nice to hear. Oh, you are so very welcome. And, And I was wondering, was it your intention... To offer us a character like Molly, Molly so lovable, so innocent, um, giving us the chance perhaps to reflect on how we perceive others judging or misjudging as they look at the world so
3: differently? Yeah, well, there's a part of this novel that is really about trying to step in, into Molly's skin, you know, and she's a, she's a person who has some social difficulties, you know, she doesn't understand social cues very well all the time. And my goal was to have the reader experience the world from her point of view, to live as her, to step behind her eyes and really feel what it must be like to be missing some information every time you're in some kind of interaction with others and to be so hastily judged by those around you. And my hope is that to live in that experience for a little while, you know, you learn to love Molly.
2: Oh, we learned to love her very quickly, I think. <laughs>
3: Good. And so, so you mentioned, you
2: told us how how it came to be uh, when you wrote it down on the napkin and you had this idea in your mind. But you have been working behind the scenes, and it is your debut novel, but have you been thinking
3: about Molly and perhaps some of the other characters for a while? No, it really did hit me um, out of the blue. Those were not characters that I had in my mind before that you know important encounter that really engendered all the creativity that came next. Um, so it was, it was just that one encounter where I started thinking about that invisibility of the maid, how she is there in plain sight at all times, and yet it's part of the illusion of grandeur of any um, fine hotel that those workers, not only the maids, are invisible to the guests in so many profound ways. And that came to be then first my main character and then my setting were delivered, and then of course I built a cast around those two.
2: Well, it's, it's fantastic, and I love the hotel. I'm trying to figure out where it might be. Wherever it is set, I want to go. <laughs> I, I need to be there.
3: <laughs> you know, some people have been asking, where is this hotel? Where is the Regency Grand Hotel? And I can honestly say, um, it is wherever you wish it to be. It is not a hotel that exists. You know, my job as a writer is to have the reader participate. I wanted to give enough details about this place to make it feel real, But for each reader to participate with their own understanding and experiences of hotels so that it felt real to you wherever you place it in the world, be it Canada, the UK,
2: the US or wherever else. Perhaps you could create a chain of them. So then we've got stories in in every country we (laughs) wish it to be. I
3: I hope so. But let's not have murders happen
1: in them. I I don't think that's what to make for, (laughs) for a very popular experience at a five star. Yeah. Nita, just one more bonus question. Sure. Is is Mr. Preston Molly's grandfather? See, now that just proves to me
3: that you are a very, very careful reader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were debating it before we called you, and I'm like, I think he might be, but I, I'm not sure. And I, I've i been Googling it. I even Googled it to see if I could find it somewhere, and there's been some discussion online. But did you leave that vague on purpose?
3: Uh, Yeah, you know... I- Again, I like to leave a few dangling threads for the very very careful readers out there who are following extremely closely. And I would I would also say that there's enough information in the pages to make that a very very fair question to be asking yourself.
2: Well, we we Thank we all you. agree that we love him too. We love Mr. Oh, Preston. Isn't he?
3: Oh, yeah, I love him too and he's not even real,
0: but I wish you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, uh, Nita. It was wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely chatting with all of you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello. Hi, Nita. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you. I have also have got Anne from New Glasgow here and Deb from Halifax. I'm from Vancouver. So it's the three of us who will be chatting with you today.
1: Fantastic. Hi, Nita. Hi there. Hi, Nita. This is Anne. How are you today? I'm good, Anne. How are you? Good, thank you. Busy, busy, I'm sure. You've got a lot on the go. (laughs) A lot on the go, indeed. I'm sure you do, too. (laughs) The Maid became a New York Times and Canadian bestseller just a few weeks after its January release. Anita, could you have anticipated its popularity when you first came up with the idea? And PS, I love the story about how you came up with the idea for a maid, for the maid. So perhaps you can share a bit about how the idea came to you and just tell us what it's been like since the book has been released.
3: Sure, absolutely. Well, no, there is no way I could have predicted this outcome, that is for sure. Um, well, th- the book came to me really like a bolt out of the blue. Uh, I work in editing, I'm an editor, uh, and it wasn't like I dreamed of writing a debut novel. But in 2019, I was actually at the London Book Fair, and, you know, I was staying in a London area hotel. And I stepped out for a meeting, went back to my hotel room, opened the door, and I completely startled the roommate who was cleaning it. And I remember her jumping back into a shadowy corner. And, you know, this is truly the embarrassing part. She had in her hands my track pants, which, like a fool, I had left, uh, you know, in a tangled mess on my bed. (laughs) And I remember looking at her and thinking, oh, my goodness, it is such an intimate an invisible job to be a roommate. You know, she'd been cleaning my room day after day. So she knew so much about me, but I didn't know much about her at all. And so it was one of those funny little instances that sort of sticks in your mind and then you replay it later. And um, a few days later, I happened to be on my plane ride home. And that's when I started to hear Molly, my protagonist from The Maid. I, st- I started to hear her voice. And I grabbed a napkin from under my drink. And I started to write this voice, which turned out to be the prologue for The Maid. And even then, I wasn't entirely sure, but that is the moment that
1: I started my debut novel. Isn't that something? And then, okay, so the novel comes out, and I believe it was picked up by GMA, Good Morning America, as their January selection for their book club? Yes, it was.
3: Yes, it was. Okay, so so that that
1: happens, and then... uh, There's going to be a big screen adaptation of it as well. Is there anything you can tell us about that to date?
3: Well, I can tell you a little bit. So Universal Pictures has optioned the film. And Florence Pugh, who, of course, is the Academy Award nominee for Little Women, has been in Black Widow and so many other incredible films. She is set to star as Molly the Maid, and she's also executive producing, as am I. And I, you know, if the book's, um, you know, success wasn't good enough, let me just say that that is a completely pinch-me experience to uh, have Universal Pictures and Florence Bugh on board for the film. So, you know, things are moving along. I can't say too much more about that. But let me just say I'm so excited to see it come to the big screen.
1: Well, congratulations. Loved loved the book, loved the maid oh, and it was a treat God. to read it was a page turner and uh, certainly for our Relaxing Reads podcast, we had no shortage of things to talk about so you've given us given us lots to uh, to review and, and talk about with the book, so thank you so much for writing it and we look forward to seeing the movie, but we're just getting started, I'll hand things over to Simone now I know she has a couple of questions for you, Nita
0: Nita, love the book and it's so true what you just mentioned, when there's that part of the book where Molly's kind of says she knows everything about us the, the medications we're taking the makeup we're using the clothes we're wearing and you never think about that you just kind of leave your room when you're on vacation and you come back and it's magically clean but it's like actually like someone's gone through all of your personal belongings every day right <laughs> If somebody did that
3: in our workplace, for instance, we'd be very freaked out. But we somehow love that illusion in a hotel, don't we?
0: Yeah, for sure. Now, were there any authors or books that served as guideposts or inspiration for this cozy mystery?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there are a few things in sort of the the mental mood board that I keep in my mind. And the first is, you know, all of the nods to Agatha Christie, the great master of mystery herself, And apart from that, I don't know if you've ever seen the great film Knives Out, but there was a bit of that sort of humor and the whodunit aspects that certainly inspired me. And then last but not least, um, you know, the board game Clue from our childhoods. Yes. that, That was also a source of inspiration. So in some ways, I wanted the reader to go through the whodunit experience asking themselves questions. You know, is it the bartender in the restaurant with a rope? Or is it the maid with a pillow in the bedroom? And, of course, I'm not going to answer that. That is for the reader to discover. Um, But, you know, there's a certain sense of playfulness and a mood about this mystery that maybe is a little bit different. And it's also, um, you know, a journey of the heart as well as a murder mystery. It is a mystery that can only be solved through connection to community and to hope.
0: I love that. And it was so nice to see that connection and community when everyone came together. And it was those people who really, who really, truly understood Molly that were there to help her. And it's so true when you say it's like Clue, but I was so off. Earlier, the three of us discussed um, who we thought did it before the end. And yeah, I was completely lost. So I would have been lost there. <laughs> but I love that. It That's the that's what makes it such a page turner. Um, and on your end, what are some books that you've enjoyed lately? Uh, for yourself? What are you Reading these days?
3: Well, I don't know if any of um, the listeners out there have not yet read The Push by Ashley O'Drain, but I raise her because she's a great Canadian writer, and her debut, The Push, was just extraordinary. It is not a mystery so much as a thriller, but it digs deep into what it means to be a mother and what it means to be a daughter. And what can go wrong with that bond? Um, and I think it's an exquisite read. So um, that's one that I've been talking a lot about lately. And another one by Amy McCullough, uh, a book called Breathless, which is coming out later this year. Uh, and it's a great thriller as well, set on a, a, a mountain climb up a, a mountain, that's say Mount Everest like and strange things are happening on this mountain and people are disappearing. And it's got that uh, wonderful and then there were none sort of vibe about it and oh. a unique setting, which makes it chilling and cold and fascinating.
0: Well, we'll look forward to that one. We actually read uh, The Push by Ashley. That was last year, um, and our book club loved that one, too. So that's a great suggestion as well. Isn't it extraordinary? Yes. Well, thank you, Nita. I will pass you now over to Deb for her final questions. I,
2: too, Nita, am a big fan, and I went through your book in a day. Loved it. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Deb. That is so nice to hear. Oh, you are so very welcome. And, And I was wondering, was it your intention... To offer us a character like Molly, Molly so lovable, so innocent, um, giving us the chance perhaps to reflect on how we perceive others judging or misjudging as they look at the world so differently.
3: Yeah, well, there's a part of this novel that is really about trying to step into Molly's skin, you know, and she's she's a person who has some social difficulties, you know, she doesn't understand social cues very well all the time. And my goal was to have the reader experience the world from her point of view, to live as her, to step behind her eyes and really feel what it must be like to be missing some information every time you're in some kind of interaction with others and to be so hastily judged by those around you. And my hope is that to live in that experience for a little while, you know, you learn to love Molly.
2: Oh, we learned to love her very quickly, I think. <laughs> Good. And so, so you mentioned, you told us how how it came to be uh, when you wrote it down on the napkin and you had this idea in your mind. But you have been working behind the scenes, and it is your debut novel, but have you been thinking about Molly and perhaps some of the other
3: characters for a while? No, it really did hit me um, out of the blue. Those were not characters that I had in my mind before that you know, important encounter that really engendered all the creativity that came next. Um, so it was it was just that one encounter where I started thinking about that invisibility of the maid, how she is there in plain sight at all times, and yet it's part of the illusion of grandeur of any um, fine hotel that those workers, not only the maids, are invisible to the guests in so many profound ways. And that came to be then first my main character and then my setting were delivered, and then of course I built a cast around those two.
2: Well, it's, it's fantastic. And I love the hotel. I'm trying to figure out where it might be. Wherever it is set, I want to go. <laughs> I, I need to be there.
3: <laughs> you know, some people have been asking, where is this hotel? Where is the Regency Grand Hotel? And I can honestly say, um, it is wherever you wish it to be. It is not a hotel that exists. You know, my job as a writer is to have the reader participate. I wanted to give enough details about this place to make it feel real but for each reader to participate with their own understanding and experiences of hotels so that it felt real to you wherever you place it in the world, be it Canada, the UK, the US or wherever else. Perhaps you could create a
2: chain of them. So then we've got stories in, in every country we <laughs> wish it to be. I,
3: I hope so. But let's not have murders happen in them. I, I don't think that's no. one to make for, <laughs>
2: for a very
1: popular experience at a five star. Yeah. Nita, just one more bonus question. Sure. Is, is Mr. Preston Molly's grandfather? See, now that just proves
3: to me that you are a very, very careful reader.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we were debating it before we called you, and I'm like, I think he might be, but I, I'm not sure. And I, I've been Googling it. I even Googled it to see if I could find it somewhere. And there's been some discussion online, but did you leave that vague on purpose? Uh yeah, you know, again, I like to
3: leave a few dangling threads for the very very careful readers out there who are following extremely closely, and I would I would also say that there's enough information in the pages to make that a very very fair question to be asking yourself.
2: Well, we we Thank we you. all agree that we love him too. We love Mr. Oh, Preston. Isn't he?
3: Oh, yeah. I love him, too. And he's not even real, but I wish you were.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do, too. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Nita. It was wonderful chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely chatting with all
3: of you. Take care.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for kicking back and
3: relaxing with us. We hope you'll join us again on Relaxing Reads.